You can be seated. Father God, we thank you for this great morning, this morning in a new year that we can come and we can worship you and we can worship you with freedom. Thank you, Lord, for that privilege and that name when we sing it over and over, Jesus, 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 our only hope. Father, I pray this morning that you would speak to us and instill hope in us through your Son. And Lord, as we turn to your word, I pray that you would remind us of the truths. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning. We made it. We did it. 2021, yeah? <clears throat> I want to welcome those who are joining us online as well, and let me just say Happy New Year. Um, if you have a Bible, Philippians 3, 13 and 14, here in just a few minutes, I want to use a couple of the scriptures before that. Uh, we're in this new series, Eternally Focused Life is where we're at. And the series will uh, address the honest tension that we feel living in the here and now, in flesh and blood, but not for the here and now. How would you answer this question or, or questions, I guess? What do you do when God doesn't show up in the way that you thought that he would? Or when God doesn't show up in the way that you thought that he should? Or another way to ask it, what do you do when you find yourself at a place in life, no matter what age, no matter what, what season you are in, when you are awakened to your reality that you are confused or that you're lost when life isn't turning out the way that you had pictured it or the way that you had even imagined it? What do you do when your expectations and your reality are miles apart and you're struggling to close the gap? Let's not pretend that the Christian life is always a joy ride. It's not. And let's not deceive others to believe that we have it all together. Let's be honest and admit that there are times when things don't make sense and we don't have all the answers. And as we stare 2021 in the face, it's hard to move forward unless we deal with the past. And if the past goes undealt with, just like in real life and other areas, it's just gonna continue to surface over and over again. There are enough disappointments in 2020 alone for everybody to have seconds, right? Today I wanna to start this new series by talking about what I call shattered dreams or disappointments. So even before I get into the message a little bit more, I want you just to ponder that and, and maybe have something come to mind. Maybe there, there's a disappointment that did happen in 2020, but maybe it's five years ago, maybe it's 10 years ago, or a shattered dream, something that just didn't turn out the way that you thought it was going to. Just have something in mind as we make our way through this, because most likely all of us have blamed 2020 for something. It's an easy target. 2020 will be talked about for many years to come. We'll be in conversations years from now with, with people and say, man, do you remember, or what a year, or I never imagined I would ever experience something like that. Many will point to 2020 as a season of heartache, disappointment, and maybe even sadness. I've heard from so many people talk about what they've missed. It's been hard relationally, physically, Financially, emotionally, spiritually. You know, we're in the midst of uh, this electronic boom and dependency, right? We're so dependent on, 
uh, our electronics, our phones and our tablets and so on and so forth. But what we're discovering is that the thing that people are longing for the most, and even in the midst of that, is relationships. The irony in that. It'll go down in history as the culprit and at times the scapegoat for many disappointments. But we can't focus all of our attention just on 2020. We find our disappointments in the difference between our reality and expectations. So in other words, you could work an equation. You could say reality minus expectations equals disappointments. Or you could flip-flop the two. Expectations minus reality equals disappointments. Imagine for a moment, though, that you had a camera. And you take a photo of every disappointment and every shattered dream. If we have what I would call the self-lens on the camera, disappointments and shattered dreams are much more vivid, so we think. And, and we take the picture, and, and we get it developed, and we look at it, and we have that self-lens on, and we start to look at our disappointments and shattered dreams. They seem so vivid, or, or they seem enhanced, and, and they're so real, and we look at them, and what happens is we look at them over and over and over again. But what happens when we change the lens of the camera? What happens when we replace the self-lens with the God lens and we begin reconciling our disappointments with God's sovereignty? If you're following along, shattered dreams invite us to look to God. Isaiah 14, 24. It says this. The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be, and as I have purposed, so that it will happen. And there's two key phrases there as we talk about even the sovereignty of God that points to his power and his sovereign rule. And it's this, will be, will happen. We have to reconcile our disappointments and shattered dreams and the sovereignty of God. And as we learn to reconcile these two things, we become less affected by the here and now, knowing that there is something bigger and greater at work around us, and it's more than just us as a pilgrim passing through this life. To make sense of anything in this life, we have to start with who God is. And sometimes our tendency is to have both our circumstances and the sovereignty of God over here. The idea would be we have our circumstances and then we have the sovereignty of God. And we think that we can live with, there's a difference between the two. We can live our life with, with shattered dreams and disappointments. And over here we have the sovereignty of God. It's impossible. That's impossible to separate the two. They're on one rail together. And though we'll never make complete sense of this life, shifting our attention away from self and towards God and his greater purpose will help us not have our disappointments and shattered dreams stuck on repeat, stuck on a loop. Pete Wilson writes, if you place your faith in what God does, you'd better prepare yourself for frustration and disappointment because you're never going to figure out God's ways this side of heaven. That's because God is God. Did you hear that first part? If you place your faith in what God does and not in who God is, What do we know to be true about God? Scripture makes it exceptionally clear 
that God has sovereign control over all things. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 points to that. It teaches us that everything exists in him, for him and through him. It is in and through him that all things have come into being. All things were made by him and for him. This includes all things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. It's to say that everything created can be used for God's glory and enjoyed by God's people. I want to show you a couple other places in Scripture quickly, just how this is threaded throughout. Psalm 135, 6 says, the Lord does whatever pleases him. Isn't that, isn't that, listen to that statement. The Lord does whatever pleases him. In the heavens and on earth, in the seas and all their depths, he makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. The sovereignty of God. Revelation 4, if you jump all the way to the end, listen to what it says. Revelation 4, 9 through 11. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, there's this picture of the throne. There's 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne, and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne. They say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So all throughout Scripture, from from, uh, Psalms that's talking about God's people, chosen people, and, and even for us in Revelation, the end of times, there's this thread all throughout Scripture that all points to God's sovereignty and power and control. God is El Elyon, which means the exalted one, and all else is below him. He's El Shaddai, which means all-powerful in strength. When we minimize the sovereign power of God, we do it to justify our own actions so that we can lean more heavily on our own free will. Our free will does not negate the fact that God is all-powerful and control of all things. I believe what one man said, nothing happens unless omnipotent wills it to happen. He either permits it to happen or he brings it about himself. And even that statement points back to Colossians and Psalms and Revelation. If God ceases to be sovereign, he ceases to be God. Shattered dreams, disappointments of all shapes, all sizes, invite us to look to our sovereign God, not for answers, but because he is our source of trust. And oftentimes I think it's easy for us to find ourselves when we're in that place of disappointment or shattered dreams or hurt, we want to look to God and say, God, I need an answer. I need you to tell me. I need you to speak to me and show me, tell me, speak to me. And instead, God is saying, just look to me as a matter of trust in me. Shattered dreams and disappointments carry more weight and have greater effect on us when we separate them from the sovereignty of God. So if we try to leave them over here and the sovereignty of God over here, they're going to have greater impact. We have to reconcile the two. When you feel shattered dreams and disappointments are wrecking your life, know that God is in the ruins. 
continually rebuilding one piece at a time, one day at a time, and he's moving us one breath and one moment closer to our eternal home where the impact of shattered dreams and disappointments will no longer exist. And the rebuilding will be complete. The sooner that we can accept the fact that God's free will is greater than our free will, we can learn to grieve and move forward by refocusing. I'm thankful that God has created man with a capacity of free will. I'm also thankful that there is not one moment, circumstance, or aspect of my life in which he is not sovereignly involved. At the same time, our shattered dreams invite us to look to God. They also invite us to refocus. To not stay there, but to refocus. And it's only when we fail to reconcile our shattered dreams with the sovereignty of God that we get stuck. We were not designed to handle the weight of this life on our own. Secondly, shattered dreams invite us to refocus. Philippians 13, 3, 13, and 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on to, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Knowing full well the potential negative impact of things that are behind us. Paul says, forget what is behind. Focus your attention on what is in front of you. All areas of your life, including your spiritual growth, are stunted when we get stuck. One day, we had a half gallon of sherbet in, in our freezer, and uh, this has been a, a few years ago, and I said, hey, family, does anybody want some sherbet? I'm going to get some, and, and uh, my youngest son, who will remain unnamed, uh, says to me, yes, I'll take some sherbet. I said, what? I said, I'm going to get sherbet. Do you want some sherbet? I'll take some sherbet. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it's not called sherbet. It's called sherbet. And I'm like, okay. And you know, youngest children, any youngest children here? Yeah, we're not afraid to raise our hand, are we? Right? We're, 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 we're kind of the clowns of the family, supposedly, right? We're kind of the clowns of the family. It's really just to cover, cover up our superior intelligence. Um, that's what my parents told me. Sherbet is the name for several different kinds of desserts or sweets. Sherbert is a variant spelling of the word of sherbet. It's often considered a mistake. And I was standing there, some of you are going to Google it right now. Some of, uh, people at the first service said I Googled it as soon as you said it. And, and I'm standing there and I'm thinking, what just happened? I knew we could never go back to the way things were before, we must go on. I had to grieve my Sherbert disillusionment. I had believed it my entire life. I had been told this is what it's called. I'd referred to it hundreds of times as Sherbert. And lo and behold, I get it out of the freezer and it says right on the container, Sherbet. Right? This will change some of your lives. 
I had to grieve. Oftentimes when we think of grieving, we think of the loss of a loved one. Of course, we lose a loved one, we think we've got to go through a grieving process. In fact, there's all these stages that you go through, through a grieving process. But it's dawned on me over the years that it isn't just the loss of loved ones that we have to grieve. There's so many things in this life that we have to grieve. Dreams that don't come to fruition. Expectations that don't happen. We have to grieve our disappointments. We have to grieve our shattered dreams. If we don't, guys, what we're going to do is what we often do, and that is pick up the rug, and it's going to be a big rug the older you get, and you continue to sweep everything under the rug and pretend like nothing happened. It doesn't work that way. We think we can just move on with no impact. I think you'll find it interesting. If you sit with a disappointment and you begin to grieve and to be honest about it, Christ is our prize. In this life, we press on for a number of things money, titles, bigger houses, happiness. And Paul reminds us that we need to press on towards Christ. Christ needs to be our aim our focal point, our goal. Stay in the race. Do you remember that time, or maybe there's been more than once, when you came to the realization that life wasn't going to turn out the way you thought it was going to? The time when you ask questions like, how did I get here? This isn't how I pictured life. This isn't what I imagined. I know several people who have cancer who never dreamt of hearing the C word. All different ages, all different places in life. For some, they're in full remissions. For some, they, they're, they're hopeful that the treatment that they're receiving is going to work. And honestly, for some, even folks who go to this church have come to the realization that they might be facing their last days. I know people who have lost their job, and it was devastating, and they're struggling in life to find their place again. I know of many who have divorced, and some who are in the middle of divorce, and and many will say, I never imagined that I would sit at the table and my spouse would look me in the eyes and say to me, I don't love you anymore. I don't want to be with you. I'm hearing of more and more people who are being honest about their depression, their anxiety, and their loneliness, especially during this pandemic. Women who have discovered they can't have children or that they've had to walk the path of grief after having a miscarriage. I've been with families who have received news of a loved one who was killed in a car accident or who learned a family member died by suicide. I have sat with people who never imagined they would have to admit the implications of an addiction. So many shattered dreams, so many disappointments, and the reality is plans fizzle. Expectations dissolve before our eyes. Dreams shatter. It's true that some of our disappointments and shattered dreams are the result of our own doing, right? Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in everything, humility, consider others better than yourselves. 
So the question that we wrestle with is not will we ever have a shattered dream, but what are you gonna do with your shattered dream? Of course you're gonna have a shattered dream because we all have expectations and we all have reality. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. The reality is we want what we want when we want it. The Kool-Aid says it's all about my happiness. We have this constant need to control everything. We, we have this desire to want to manipulate people and things in this life so it turns out the way we need it to, so we're okay. All in an attempt to mitigate our shattered dreams. And when we're not careful, we can easily lean more on our understanding and patterns and, frankly, whatever feels right. And the evil one wants nothing more than for us to live in our shattered dreams. Because you see, when we're living in our shattered dreams and we're rehearsing it over and over again, we're looking at that enhanced picture and it comes up over and over again in these disappointments. As long as we're there and the evil one has us there, we'll remain idle and ineffective. Shattered dreams sometimes happen because God wants them to happen. Why would God ever want us to experience a shattered dream? It could be a reminder of who's really in control. It could be that what he uses to draw us back to himself. It could be his way of telling us that, hey, your dream was never my dream. So whether our disappointments and shattered dreams come from selfishness or poor decisions or from God's front office, they all have a purpose, and that is to look to God and to look to what is ahead. Isaiah 64, 8 says this, yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. Because we're the clay in the potter's hand, our restoration is done entirely by him. We have no power in self to find restoration, renewal, or hope. If you want hope, stop turning within. If you want hope, look to him. Whatever you wanted for your life, you may well have assumed that God wanted it for you as well. That our dreams invite us to long for heaven. This will just, this will be quickly here. Revelation 21, one through four. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. This is our eternal home. Prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband, the church. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Can you just imagine for a second, and at the beginning of the message I had you sit with a disappointment or shattered dream. Now I want you to sit with this, this picture of our eternal home and this longing 
and this invitation from God to long for heaven. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Friends, the best is yet to come. It's not here and now. It's yet to come. Next week, I'll explain how eternity is not a place. And I'll let you ponder that this week. I want to leave you with one thing. It's this encouragement and this challenge to take some time this week to grieve your shattered dreams. So to identify and just to grieve, just to sit with it and grieve with God to be vulnerable and to be honest. And don't allow your disappointments in this life to cause you to get stuck. Maybe some of you are there right now. Invite God to help you live an eternally focused life. God, thank you for this morning and thank you for your word. Thank you for the hope that we have through Christ. And we get so wrapped up in the here and now thinking, this is it. This is my life. And we have that self lens on and we're looking at everything through that lens. And God, you're inviting us to turn our attention back to you. Our most high God who's on his throne. Who's in control. Who's sovereign never makes a mistake. God, help us to sit with that and to reconcile the struggle that we have of disappointments and shattered dreams in this life. We don't need the answers. We just need to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.